0: Welcome to the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Youthscape podcast with me, Martin Saunders, and... Partner in crime, long-time associate, friend, and the person I can't seem to get away from. Go and say, Rachel Gardner.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: You're putting words into my mouth again.
0: I am constantly. Rachel, how are you? How are you today? Do you know I'm I'm doing I'm doing good, and um, I'm noticing more cars on the road. So uh, I'm noticing that people feel that the world is changing. Have you Have you picked up on that? That that life is slowly yes. shifting, coming back mm. from back the
1: depths. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Which, which doesn't nice mean feeling. it's
0: all cushy because there's, there's lots. There's a there's a long roadmap to go. Let's just support yep. the government. Long map. but um, it is interesting. Just a little bit of nice weather and uh, things are changing. So yes, I'm feeling it in my bones. I'm feeling hopeful. And uh, yeah, how are you, Martin? All the way down south?
1: Yeah, it's a long way down, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I am. I am well yes i think you know this has been a a challenging time for us all <laughs> <laughs> and i think i'm now starting to um reflect a little bit more like with a bit more hindsight on the journey i've personally been through over the last year ah, so okay. you you know we took we talked with uh, will vanderhaar a while back yeah. um about the sort of phases of trauma that we go through um or trauma response rather and mm. uh, and i think the longer you get the further out you get from you know, this stuff actually happening, the more you, you begin to be able to see w- what the journey was and also where God's been in it. You know, I think mm. that's, that's always true, isn't it? So yeah, I've, I'll tell you what I've developed a, uh, quite helpful little habit in uh, oh. since we last spoke because oh, yeah. I was struggling with sleep. I don't know what it was. It, maybe, you know, there's a fair a few stressful things going on uh, yeah. in the world and, and also in my life. So, um, so I, I developed this habit to get to sleep and I sort of do a mini examine every night, you know? Yes. You know, yes. you know, where you basically ask yourself, what am I, what was I, what happened in the day? Go through the day in your head and then, and then ask yourself, what was I most grateful for? And, uh, and then you go and you ask, you know, for what was I least grateful and where was God? And I never get past the first question, quite honestly. So I always, I, I sort of go to sleep thinking, oh, there was something nice that happened today. And I think about that. So that's yeah. actually really helped me sleep my wife thought this was the most abhorrent idea in the world. Like she also can struggle to get to sleep. She was like, the last thing I need when I'm trying to get sleep is to think through all the stuff that happened in the day and some of the things I want uh, that, that I'm not happy about. You idiot. So uh, horses, horses for courses, but it's helped me.
0: Different. Oh, that's good. I have to say the other night I've, I've been watching a, a police drama and do you ever have those nights where you fall asleep straight after watching something, I mean, a tide, you're watching it in bed and then you, I mean, the worst is all this, yes. all, we shouldn't be doing this, but you, you fall asleep and you spend your entire night. Your, your imagination is in the police drama. So I woke up in the morning, just feeling, I've not slept, I had, but I just, that kind of anxiety and low level brooding synth, you know, it was all the way through my sleep. And I was like, you do, you have to put a barrier, don't you, between the day and what you're going to take into your sleep with you. And whether that is a run around the park or have a bath or an examine, you do need that. And yeah, I woke up like, oh my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm in the, the White House, that's what I was watching.
1: Now, I'm not yeah, sure you're okay. exactly describing this, but it's just made me think, what, what would a cop show with you and me as the sort of <gasps> pair of detectives be like?
0: I Can you imagine think, that? Yes, I think everyone would think she has no idea what's happening. But yeah. I would be doing the kind of like, a, oh, huh! and actually secretly behind the scenes, I'm I'm like clocking. I'm like Sherlock Holmes. You can look at something and like, all those things are happening. And then it's like, no, actually, <laughs> no, she is. She is as stupid as you think she is.
1: <laughs> so the twist so she, is, yeah, she's then, not no, a genius. No, she's not
0: that clever. <laughs> she's but not she, really.
1: She, she gives the appearance of possibly being a genius. Because but as you so think dizzy. about it. Yeah. You're like, Oh, she's. I see what the twist is going to be.
0: <laughs> but it's not. It's not.
1: It's a double twist. She really yeah. is yeah. a bimbo. Brilliant. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Would, would you do? You, do you think you'd ever been a cop? Have, did you ever entertain that thought that you'd be a police officer?
1: I. Th- I would. Do you know what's always put me off is the fitness exam. If I'm honest, <laughs> I don't think I'd pass that. I couldn't chase down a, a you know a robber or, or a toddler. It's and not
0: utopolis. So, it's not that kind of.
1: Entry, no, but you but. do have to do. You do have to do basic fitness training. Okay. I don't think I can basic do that. Basic
0: fitness. But if you could jump you
1: to, if you could jump to straight to detective, yes. Then I'm not. I'm not having an ego trip here. I honestly think I'd be awesome. Yes, I think no, I would catch some of the world's yes. most fearsome criminals.
0: Straight to kind of edgy, socially awkward, always wears the same awkward. jumper. No, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have to tell all the, our lovely listeners that you've jumped on Squadcast today and your name is not Martin, it's no, Raging it's Gorilla. Well, that's so I think because... that gives people an insight to who you are today.
1: So just to explain that, this this no. thing that we, software that we use, Squadcast, <laughs> it, it, if you don't put a name in it, it gives you a name, right? And you, Prophet- you've typed in your name. Prophetically
0: gives you a name.
1: A prophetic name. And mine is Raging Gorilla. And maybe that would be what we'd find out about <laughs> my character in the show. Well, so show. I seem to be quite like Icelandic, you know, very kind of like very yes. steely, not much emotion. But then d- d- there's still waters run deep, right? And, and when they get into my character, you realize that I'm actually deep down a raging gorilla.
0: There'd be lots of montages of you like beating your chest in the storm on the M25. Oh, I'm raging against the brokenness and culture anyway. Gosh,
1: I hope you I, I hope that you listen fair. to this podcast for more than just <laughs> The youth ministry content, because if not, <laughs> that was a weird thing to have spent five minutes talking Listen, about.
0: Listen, we're a community, we're a tribe. People oh, get yeah. it. There's always like people on the edge of tribes, and I'm one of them. So awesome! We have got a great guest, and we're going to introduce our guest to you fairly early on, because actually, what what we found in in uh, in this interview was that this wonderful guest, Marco, dear friend of ours, sort of opens up a whole new avenue of thinking that we just thought, let's get him on quite quick, and then let's you and me have a little chat. Martin, do you want to kind of yeah. Intro, our friend. No, of this is good. So we're going to start. Know who he is. They should know who he we're is. We're going to
1: start with the interview with Mark Ostriker, yeah. who yeah. is uh, a great friend of <sighs> Youthscapes, Fabulous. and we've, we've, um, yeah. you know, he's been involved in events and things. So you may well have heard him speak yeah. at a Youthscape thing over the years. Um, if you want to picture him, he has a wonderful beard, quite a significant beard, and also mm-hmm. is often found with a, a large cigar so he i think he thought was a i think he thought we were doing video as well so he had to have a cigar um was he outside so, um, around a
0: fire pit or something? he
1: was outside he was, even though it was nine in the morning he was outside because he lives in san diego so of course he was outside um and uh, he looked magnificent so i'm sad that we don't have uh, video footage um, but yeah, we've we've um, we've known each other a long, long time since he was president of Youth Specialties, and since then, has set up his own amazing uh, organization, youth ministry resourcing and coaching organization uh, in America called the Youth Cartel, um, which you should check out. You definitely yeah, should check out. In terms of innovative awesome. thinkers around the world, like yeah. they're absolutely in the top two. Um, but uh, I won't say who the others are. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Not so <laughs> no, no. So. Um, so he would, be, by the way, be a great villain in our cop drama like he he'd be a great like because he runs a cartel, for goodness sake. Like that could be the first episode is you and I no,
0: busting yeah. open the youth cartel. Yeah, we'd bust open the youth cartel, but what we'd find is actually in Marco, he's like this sage warrior who knows the criminal mind, but he right. he's kind of he knows he knows he's kind of anchored in truth and light.
1: You mean he... like are you describing Hannibal Lecter? <laughs>
0: No, I mean, there's no <coughs> happening in this. I just think that he's a sage warrior. He's, he's the mountain guru that we would go to with our difficult like cases that we can't Absolutely. crack. And he would like, he'd crack it straight away. And so that's and sort like, of what oh. we did
1: in this interview. We yes, did, exactly not exactly <laughs> that, but we go to him with the challenge of the hour. And we and just want him to, to talk,
0: basically. We, talk we go to him it. with a few questions. Just basically, we just want to say, Marco, we're listening, talk now. And that's exactly what he did.
1: So I wonder whether we could just start off with you just doing a little pen picture for us of what it has meant to do youth ministry in a time of COVID in, in California. So obviously America is too diverse a place to talk about uh, generally even. Um, but you know, what has COVID meant for it, for the sort of average youth, youth minister in the context is that are familiar to you?
2: Yeah, you know what? I actually, I can answer that question both ways because I I do think I have an answer to the broader context of the U S in that I, in my 40 years of youth ministry, I've never seen a unified experience of youth workers and a unified response like I've seen over these last 11 months. So I, I actually, even though there are definitely regional differences and, People in Texas don't care about masks as people do as much here or in other states, right? Um, there, there's been a fairly unified experience. And I'll, I'll come back to that, but let me, let me start with here. And I live in San Diego, California, which is right down in the Southwest corner of the country. I've got the Pacific Ocean, 20 minutes to my West. I've got the Mexico border, 20 minutes to my South. So can't go any further Southwest and still be in the United States. Um, and uh, I would say, you know, it's been interesting, um, California has been uh, a weird space in that we have pretty strict rules, maybe not as strict as when you guys are on lockdown there, but we've, we've had more strict rules than other states, and yet our COVID numbers are horrible, uh, and so Uh, It's a weird I don't, I don't know how to put that together. Uh, We've gone, you know, we have these color levels, purple level for some reason is the worst, I have no idea why. (laughs) Um, Just like in youth ministry when we used to say, girls are pink and boys are blue and you can't have purple that was where our way of saying you can't, uh, you know, make out on a youth group trip or something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So I um, we've gone in and out of the purple level and so the lockdowns and I think this is similar to the UK the lockdowns have come and gone mm-hmm. um, you know we can have uh, dining outside restaurants which of course here with our weather we're able to do more so there's a lot of outdoor dining and then you can't and then there's barber shops are open and then they're not and you know that kind of thing and churches have gone in and out of that also my church rented a giant tent and put it up in our big parking lot. And for most of the last 11 months, our church services have been under the tent. Um, And then we had a little tent in the back parking lot and the youth ministry did a Sunday morning experience called The Lot and uh, just did met outside. Um, haven't met in the youth group space uh, for 11 months. The, our midweek program is uh, kind of a small group approach and it's a larger church. So there's three departments, preteen, junior high and high school or uh, junior high would be 11 to 14, right? And then uh, the youth group, those all meet concurrently. And we're kind of the only thing happening on the church grounds during that time. We all meet outside. So we start together with a big time of worship under the big tent, and then we break up into our small groups in either folding chairs or, you know, I bring a chair from home that's comfortable, like a camping chair. Um, Mm -hmm. And my group of, you know, 12, 13-year-old boys meets in a circle in the parking lot every Wednesday night, and there's that all over. So It does help that you have
1: a a weather system that we would all kill for.
2: Yes, exactly. There have definitely been chilly nights where I have had on multiple layers and a scarf and a, you know, but still, you know, as you wouldn't be surprised, you know, some of my boys are in a tank top and shorts and flip flops, you know? (laughs) So, um, yeah, but I will say it has, the practice of youth ministry here in in California has required less adjustment and innovation because of our weather. Mm, right? Okay. Which has been nice. It's still been a challenge. We can't do any overnight things. We've got a uh, our junior high ministry, our young teen department has a retreat coming up next weekend that we would normally have around this time of year, but instead of a retreat we're doing a stay treat. It's our version of, you know, you've heard of a staycation. Yeah. Uh, it's that. So we're just doing a, a two day event at the church uh, and everybody's going home to sleep. So we're just finding a way through it. Yeah. Now, but that won't the, be the universal. Uh, that won't be the
1: universal experience kind of across the states. So so presumably you're not really so, struggling with some of those those issues of kind of losing lots of the young people because they don't want to meet online. All the stuff that we're finding. We here.
2: lost we, we lost a ton of them last spring. When we first went online because we were not meeting out in the parking lot last spring um and so in the early days of the pandemic um and shutdowns and stuff we did what everyone else did which was we just migrated replicated online Mm -hmm. what we were doing um otherwise and yes we saw a 75% drop off and did you well, this is maybe
1: a technical question, but I know it will be very interesting to people listening to this. did you did you find those young people then came back when you moved back into the, the physical? Yeah, yeah did they that's all come a great back
2: again question. right. Not all of them, but a good portion. Um, I think teenagers are uh, they're so desperate for real life connection. You know, a lot of our kids here are still I don't know if you guys are still doing online school. I mean, uh, I I would say certainly more than 50 percent of our kids are still in online school. Uh, and those who aren't are in a partial or a hybrid kind of a set situation. Um, so, yeah, they're really they're really desperate for connection uh, and being together. I think it's more a question of whether or not their parents will allow them to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we're not at hundred percent of you know where we would have been a year and a half ago for sure, um, and our church attendance is in person is only at about twenty percent of what it would have been a year ago, maybe twenty five percent at the most. Um, so, but like our our midweek program, interestingly enough, our Sunday morning program is uh, for teenagers is probably more like. Uh, 50% or less, maybe even 30, 35% of what it would have been a year and a half ago. But our midweek program, for some reason, is probably at 70, 75%. Um, So I don't know uh, what the long run is. I've had a change of the guys. I I had an older group who graduated into the regular youth group, the high school ministry. And so I've a, a little bit lost touch with them that's who I had last spring. And um, I had this wonderful little small group of four guys who came every single week and were super committed. And as soon as we went online, three of them completely disappeared. I never saw them once yeah. in our online meetings. Um, and the one who was there never said a word. He was there, but he didn't talk. Right?
1: You, you, you so, just hinted at this a second ago, but is there a... Um... Is there a, cause I, I like talking to you about brains, you know, a lot about the teenage brain, something you've done yep. a lot of thinking about. Um, yep. Is there a brain reason for why our young people find it so hard to connect in the virtually online space? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Great, well, I'm glad you we had this a chat. didactic question, you get a didactic answer. What um, do you think might be behind that? <laughs> Um, well, I think there's more to it than I understand. So I, I will qualify it. Um, I'm not a doctor. I just play <laughs> one on TV. Um, I think that uh, a big part of it is the all the issues surrounding identity formation, right? And it's particularly at the younger teen years, that's all a subconscious process. In the older teen years, there's more of an awareness of that. Um, and so it's uh, challenging enough for the average teenager to uh, set that aside and just bring their authentic selves to an interaction. But if they're seeing themselves on a screen, it's almost impossible to set it aside. So the entire process of being online is a constant hyperdrive experience of third person perspective, which is you know, a primary function of the onset of abstract thinking that happens uh, through the teenage years. Right, so being able to see yourself from someone else's perspective, or even consider an idea from somebody else's perspective, while you're staring at yourself on the screen, uh, you are ridiculously over aware of, in fact, you know, flooding your brain with false perceptions about, the idea that everyone else is staring at, me. right? So, uh, you know, an average 14-year-old or 15-year-old on a Zoom call assumes, at least at a subconscious level, that everyone on this Zoom call is staring at me the whole time, which is why so many of them, and you've seen this, I'm sure, in Zoom calls you've been on with teenagers, either mute their video if it's allowed, or they will do that thing where they position their screen, and I know we're audio right now, so I'll describe it, but where you can kind of see their forehead line and the top of their head, but you can't actually see their eyes. That is just them avoiding, again, often at a subconscious level, they wouldn't be able to articulate why, um, just uh, feeling like everyone's staring at them the whole time, yeah. So and it's just uncomfortable.
1: If, if their brain obviously is, is kind of focused on that, they've got, they're, they're focusing so much of on that, what you've just described, that film yeah. that they just described. It's very hard for yeah. them then to engage in any, in anything yeah. else you want them to do.
2: Right. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's parallels to lots of our other area of work, right? We all kind of intuitively know as youth workers that we can, when we can find activities or discussions or whatever it is, some kind of a space where teenagers are allowed to let go of their inhibitions and be their true selves that's where that's the gooey center of youth ministry right that's the good stuff and we often see that happen in a time of worship where they're amidst uh, a, an experience both of meaningful belonging but also an experiential work uh, you know a transcendent experience of god where they forget themselves and engage with their whole selves into this moment right sometimes that's in the context of serving other people and occasionally if a group feels really safe they might be able to do that in dialogue too but zoom makes that very very difficult i mean i don't sing along when i watch my church's worship service i enjoy the worship section but they're always encouraging me hey you at home sing along And i'm like not a chance <laughs> i mean and it's the same reason right it's like as soon as i'm singing along to a screen i am conscious of myself which is contrary to good worship right yeah, i'm supposed yeah, to be less conscious of myself and more conscious of god and i just don't find that possible in that kind of, so it's the same kind of thing is true let's go back to the broader question yeah martin i do think there's been a surprisingly parallel experience and it'll be interesting to see if you think it was true uh, over on your side of the pond, also. Um, and again, in my forty years, I, our youth work, our youth workers in the U.S. are so diverse, so many different theological and denominational differences, so many geographical differences, so many socioeconomic differences. Right that. it's it's really difficult to say that Church A and Church B have a whole lot in common in terms of their expression of youth ministry. We have shared, I would say, three little mini eras together over the last 11 months. The first was very short. It was mid-April, or excuse me, mid-March to late April. And it was a little season of action where we just, we dove into figuring something out it was not innovation. And this is interesting because I think a lot of kind of youth ministry prognosticators were saying at the time that this Zoom is gonna revolutionize the practice of youth ministry. And I thought, I don't think so. My hesitation, I think turned out to be true. The problem was, and it just was what needed to be done. We were replicating, not innovating. So we were just replicating our uh, in real life our IRL, look, look at how hip I am with the kids, our IRL programs online. And it worked for a few weeks. And so there was this sense of accomplishment that we're actually getting something done. Right. Um, And I, while youth workers were stressed, I got this sense that they were kind of encouraged, uh, a little lifted up for a few weeks. And then we saw, just this downward trend starting in late April and continuing through uh, the end of summer when when youth workers were starting to look at their new school year, which for us is about mid-August, um, there was this slow decline in engagement and slow decline in um, attendance and success in any measurable way. And so it was just a massive season of discouragement. Um, again, in my 40 years of youth ministry, I've never seen a completely shared experience of discouragement amongst every youth worker I knew. At least you know, 199 out of 200 of them, right? And then something interesting happened and there's still a lot of youth workers who are pretty discouraged. But in uh, mid-August, I started to see another turn and a move toward innovation. At least a move toward experimentation and risk. And it was because people said, I can't go back to what I did in the spring. It wasn't good enough. It didn't work. I need to try something different. Coupled with that, here's maybe one of the more important insights that I think is probably true where you are too. We have an, currently still an unprecedented season of permission from our church leadership to try things that is not normally there. Normally we are boundaried by expectations of leaders who want us to perpetuate the way things have done or the safe way of doing things. And right now are those in authority over us are saying, just do something, do anything, find something that will work. And that has unleashed a lot of experimentation. Now, some of it is, you know, really small stuff like my group that meets in the church parking lot, but a year and a half ago, we would have never considered that. Right. Yeah. So, um, or i sorry, the church car park. I, I Thank I you, thanks to, for translating. To, yes, I've, you've had, I'm working on it. Um, and um, so I'm really encouraged That's I see a lot of youth workers doing a lot of risk and experimentation right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's fair to say it's not necessarily that they are thoroughly engaged in innovation but they are taking risks and doing experiments that will lead to innovation. Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
1: On our side of the uh, of the water, I think we've seen some similar uh, movements at similar times. We definitely had that kind of I mean, I call it hero mode. You know, We all went into hero mode, trying to save the world for a couple of months in, in that kind of first phase of the of the pandemic. And uh, and you're right. The way we tried to do that was by yeah. replicating everything online. Then, then we have had that big season of di- discouragement, which I think we've—it's certainly here because of the massive restrictions. We saw we saw a second wave of, yes. uh, just in the in the last few months. But there was that window in between the two um, where where we started to see innovation and the the nuance we saw. And I don't know whether you've seen this as well. I, I know we're coming to the end of, of our conversation, but um, the the nuance for me would be that. Um, People started to see the shortcomings of fun based programming, Uh, Um, particularly in a world where the one thing you're not short of right now is fun and entertainment. There's as many entertainment options as you want to have streamed into your living room. But the authentic experience of something transcendent and, and and got, you know, actually the transformational opportunity to encounter God. Yeah. Suddenly, like that should be obvious. But I feel like lots of us went, oh, hang on. This is what we should have been doing. And that was it, what innovation looked like here.
2: You know, I would say I'm, I'm encouraged and discouraged simultaneously uh, about what you just said. He, as, as, as far as I've seen it here in that, yes, I'm encouraged by how many youth workers are saying the same thing here. I'm discouraged by how many aren't. Um, they're just, they just don't know anything other than a fun and games uh, or here super common a propositional preaching approach right so it's yeah it's it's one or the other or a combination of the two it's play a bunch of games that's what youth ministry is about keeping kids in- entertained or it is you know preach the bible to teenagers uh which of course is pedagogically so engaging uh, <laughs> for a 15 year old mind um And, um, or it's some combination, uh, I'm, you know, in the large youth ministry, Facebook groups here in the States that, you know, many of them, there's multiple Facebook groups that have more than 15,000 youth workers in them. And it's just, you can count on it on that every day, somebody's going to ask, I need a new game or what's something's fun you're doing, or what's a movie that you feel safe to show to your kids. Or they will say, what are you preaching this week? And I just think, oh my gosh, when are we going to move past these assumptions and forms of youth ministry that are, it's not that I don't want to uh, wrestle with the Bible or, or teach. I mean, I love teaching in, I would even say preaching the Bible to teenagers in a certain context, like at a camp or a retreat, um, but when are we going to engage, uh, you know, in something I don't know, we're, we're, getting, we're in the final stages of pulling together a book right now that we're going to publish in August called uh, Five Views on the Future of Youth Ministry, and your friend and mine, Kenda Dean, wrote a, a chapter that I asked her to write based on a comment she had made to me years ago, where basically she says, if we have any hope of the church becoming really vital again with teenagers, we have to re-weirdify Christianity, and I'm like, yes, that's, that's it. It's just so tame. She said, instead, we just give them this tame bedtime story. Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
1: Look, I know you got to go. That's a but pretty good ending point. That is a good ending point, but I want to give you a chance to just tell us a little bit about things the youth cartel are up to, but to anything we can engage with from the UK as well. So, you
2: know, this well, is your moment. I mean... It's pretty hard for you guys to engage with uh, the coaching, the year long coaching stuff we do. Although at the moment, we're actually filling an online one. So, hey, if you're willing to deal with weird hours. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the beautiful thing is because we print our books through Amazon, they're actually all of our books are now available on Amazon UK. So you don't That's have funny. to pay shipping costs from the us so yeah i mean i don't know how you find them because it's not like they're you can search by publisher but if you looked on our website the youthcartel.com and looked for books and then went to amazon uk you could find anything that's been published in the last five years by us uh is there everyone should do that immediately yeah that's that's how to end thanks so
1: much for your time marco you bet
0: I'm itching to ask you loads of questions off the back of that. And, um, I wish Marco was still in the room really for this conversation. Cause I think he opened up loads of really great, he he sort of said the things that we've kind of instinctively felt that Mm -hmm. this is why it's so hard for young people engaging on Zoom. but, but what, what, where does it go for you in terms of conclusions? What do you take from this Mm. about the future of youth ministry or just how we process the online space with them?
1: Yeah. What, what so, are your conclusions? So obviously we talked about a lot of things, but for me the most interesting thing that Marco said and talked about was about um, how the teenage brain can pretty much limit what we're able to do online. And I think you're right. I think it rings true for a lot of us who've been scratching our heads and thinking, "What? Why is it just yeah. not the same?" And so, what maybe first of all we've been slightly misdiagnosing it. So we've been thinking, "Oh." technology is in itself frustrating and and not very attractive to young people, which is crazy because young people are better at technology than we are much better. Mm. So it's not really the technology that's the the problem in and of itself. Um, And maybe we've also looked, looked within and said, Oh man, you know, I'm not as good when I'm on zoom or I've lost my touch, or maybe I'm uh, you know, I'm not being as compelling as I was in person. You know, so there's a lot of blaming ourselves. That's Mm. probably not true either. I think people are doing a great job. But what Marco sort of suggests is there's a sort of third way between the two, which is that young people can't engage mm-hmm. with this with this medium for for actually for scientific reasons. Yeah. yeah. So this idea that you um are, if you're on the screen as a teenager, I mean all of us. I mean Rach, let's yeah. let's just start here. When you're on the screen, do you keep an eye on your own yeah.
0: your own video? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, it feels completely Contrary to how your brain works to not be looking at your own face yeah, and and, and you have to consciously not not do that. And, and I, I mean, I'm sure in terms of evolutionary anthropology, there's very clear reasons for that, that are not self-absorbed, selfish yes. pain. It's there's probably some other reasons for that. So yeah. if I struggle, of course, young people who are forming their sense of self do.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, teenagers. Yeah, exactly. Teenagers are trying to process the self and now they're seeing the projected self, yeah. they're seeing. Oh, this is what I look like. And often, if you're a teenager, I mean, do you remember being a teenager and like avoiding mirrors? Or maybe yeah, you I didn't did. do that. I no, definitely, I, did. I definitely photos. did. I hated being and photos, photos because yeah. you don't, you don't like being brought face to face with your, you know, projected self. And you, you've probably um, you've got all these anxieties about a particular spot or your nose being too big or small or your ears sticking out or whatever the things that people who meet you don't even think about. But you don't know that when you're a teenager. Um, so actually, you know, it's, it makes so much sense that when a young person is asked to be on a Zoom call, 90% of their brain is diverted to, oh, gosh, it's me. Look. Oh, no. How horrendous. And so so then you throw into that the fact that you're asking young people to, um, to have their voice heard, to speak up, to contribute, you know, to a discussion, to unmute yourself. Uh, will you unmute yourself? And um, and 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 speak you know that's actually a you may it's a massive ask that you're making to, to make them step out and 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 then because they know the moment they unmute themselves all the other eyes on that zoom call are on the picture that they're finding terrifying that's i mean i you know that's felt like a little bit of a penny dropping for me and about you
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah absolutely and i think it also is contrary to what we would normally do with young people in terms of building their self-esteem because wouldn't we naturally be saying to young people actually one of the benefits of participation in youth ministry or a justice program or getting involved in scouts or a sport is that you're not looking at yourself. You're experiencing yourself through other people's experience of you. Mm. And that's such a powerful thing to boost your confidence that they like me being with them. Look, I can climb this climbing wall. Uh, When I go and chat to a homeless person on the street, they respond really positively. And all of this is just really builds on people's sense of how they are perceived and experienced. And you're right. The 2D, Yeah. kind of sweet. I th- I think the other thing as well and I and I've been reflecting on this a little bit is um because sometimes young people will uh choose to express themselves physically in ways that adults are like oh they've suddenly changed their hair color or oh they've suddenly got a piercing or oh they've mm. they're looking grumpy. We we think that young people have real control over their image and and yet it's a time in life where they probably feel they have the least control they have the least money mm. that is theirs to spend on what they want and um, they have the most adults in their life commentating on what they're looking like you know i could rock up on a zoom call with piercings in my nose and my hair d- and and actually people probably say oh you look great they would they wouldn't be as commentary of oh are you going through a phase yeah or are you being a bit rebellious they'd be like oh get you so i think there's a little bit of that at a time where mm. we're probably thinking why why are they doing that and it's like an, an additional adult commentary is it not only are we commenting on their hair color their how they're projecting themselves their image we're also commenting on are they engaging in zoom are they muting themselves are they hiding their face like yeah. what's what's that telling us about them rather than as yes. marco helpfully pointed out they, this is extraordinary that they're doing something that feels for their brain psychologically quite
1: yeah. traumatic
0: maybe sometimes
1: now you know um hopefully there's not going to be much more need for um, all all youth work to take place on 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 Zoom, but um, it's it's hard to sort of throw the whole thing away, isn't it? Because it there there has just been a season where if you didn't meet online, really your, your options were very limited. So pragmatically, we had we still had to make it work, and there are some things you can do. I mean, I think from a control point of view, those of us that have control issues, um, <laughs> which is definitely you and me um yeah. <laughs> we, we we um you know we really struggle when a young person turns their camera off because i don't know about you i just assume as soon as a young person has taken their camera yeah. off they are doing other things than listening to me and i have absolutely no way of controlling them and bringing them back into the room well maybe i just have to live with that because it could be that even if when they turn their camera off they're now spending 50 percent of their of their brain energy on the Game that just opened up on their phone. They're actually listening more now yeah. because they're yeah. not looking at a picture themselves yeah. than they were when they had the camera on.
0: And so, they might be in their room, lying on their bed, suddenly relaxing and being able to yes. hear all this stuff. I think the other thing, I, and I've just thought of it now, but I wonder if, and I know probably lots of youth ministries have evolved from Zoom to Insta Live or, or something else. I, I realize that. But I wonder if, if a lot of us are prioritised because we enjoy seeing our young people's faces. Yeah. We want to see what they, you know, we, because we we put a lot of emphasis on, on how they're looking and what that says to us. Like we we are the people in their lives that love it when they show up and they, you know, we're not put off by, you know, so I, so I wonder if a little bit we just need to acknowledge, sometimes it's more, as you have rightly said, it's serving our need as a youth minister yeah. to feel, oh, I've seen them, they're okay, eyes on, <laughs> eyes on.
1: Um, yeah. I would, I would just sort of throw a little bit of hope in there. Um, I, I wonder whether the, the, the less well the group was already formed and um, oh, okay. connected beforehand, the harder it is. Yeah. So I've done, um, I've done a thing uh, recently. Uh, you may, you may know. I've written a book recently called We Are Satellites. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and what we've done is we've kind of. Um, uh, we've marketed a bulk, a bulk offer. This sounds like I'm doing a sales pitch. I'm really not. We marketed a, a bulk offer to youth groups where they can buy, uh, six, six and get one free off the youthscape store. And so a few youth groups have done that and then had their youth group reading through the book together. And then I've done a sort of follow-up, um, all part of the service, uh, a follow-up zoom call all for free, but, um, uh, yeah, so I do this um, uh, this sort of follow-up Zoom call with them and uh, and take their questions on the book. And what I noticed was, you know, actually some really quite tight-knit youth groups where Zoom seems to be working really, really yes, well. And it has yes. challenged my... Because Zoom hasn't worked yeah. particularly well yeah, for, you, for me, certainly in the context yeah. of a more open youth work where kids don't know each other so well, mm-hmm. I've sort of thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And, and actually, I've seen some groups who are clearly close enough that they can do a book group together and read through a book together so that says something about the sort of youth group it is um and they actually do seem to be able to focus on each other and you know on the 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 leaders and so on so um so it's not it's not all bad but what i think marco is saying is do you realize how hard it is for a young person to be doing to come into your group in this so so yay for all the young people who've been braving zoom over the last year because it has come at some cost to them to actually put their head above the parapet.
0: And that needs to inform the wider narrative that that you and I and and everyone listening to this is really invested in, which is, there is a good news story of the UK church moving online during this time. Mm. It hasn't been the same in youth ministry and we have to keep talking about that. And, And these sorts of narratives are really helpful to help the wider church understand why there have been these barriers. Okay. I, I think we've not talked about us enough in this last few minutes, Martin. Because I, <laughs> I, as, as we was saying all this stuff, I just felt, I just need to come clean because this is where you realise that you are so much older than young people. Because recently I've been involved in a couple of things where I've been invited to join webinars <laughs> and then realised my face is not on it because I'm just watching people, how will they know that I'm here? Because it's not Zoom, and I'm like, oh, that is so self-absorbed and that's such an ego chip. But I think because we've been so used to jumping on a Zoom, even with 50 people and you see everyone's faces, and I and I love that. I'm like, oh, so-and-so's here, and so-and-so's here, and I love that. <laughs> like, how will anyone know that no. I've joined this webinar? Because well, they can't see me. <laughs>
1: especially for you, because if you join a room of 50 Christians, to be honest, there's got to be a couple of your fans in there. Almost <laughs> no, no. almost certainly.
0: <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking fans. I was just thinking it's just really funny that as a 40-something woman... Uh, you know, who does still struggle massively with my self-image and how I look it, and, and it gets worse as I get older. But part of me is like, oh, I, I quite like being part of this. So it is hilarious, isn't it? And I think it is probably quite important that maybe we just are quite self-reflective and enge- think about how we're engaging and what needs it's revealing in us. Well,
1: well this, this, this this is a good moment to talk about the, um, the weird thing. I, I've not changed this setting or I keep meaning to, but whenever I join a Zoom call, um, and the vi- you know that bit where it doesn't start it doesn't start your video automatically? No, you
0: have to click, yeah.
1: So you have to click and I always pop up and there's I've set a profile photo. You've seen this happen in me. Yes, yes. And everyone knows there's one photo of me that I'm rather pleased with. <laughs>
0: And that's uh, the one, <laughs> and
1: it's the one where I look like I'm, uh, play, you, look, you know, the understudy in a in a West End you look show.
0: and like your teeth have yep. been whitened. It's that kind yes. of look, isn't it? Yeah. I had
1: a lot of work done on the photograph actually. Oh. So we sent it to a an agency. <laughs> it was about four thousand uh, pounds. They, they got know, their best people it on it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely,
1: uh, but I'm very pleased. with It and so, but the problem is, it looks like I do it deliberately. So and I often cute. join a meeting and I pop up, and it's my absolute best self. This photo, and then I always think, oh, when I click start video, I'm going to be such a disappointment. Yeah
0: oh right i interesting because we've not talked about that i've never chosen a, a profile pic and i've noticed that some people and it's only because i'm so technologically challenged that is the only reason but i have i sometimes think oh, i wonder if people should do it or shouldn't and should i do it it's is funny isn't it yeah so what's yeah. the thinking behind it it's just my name's not enough my face needs i,
1: I don't know i think it was there's
0: a thousand things it
1: was as simple as when i set up the account there was an option to add a photo and I had a photo right there. I just put it in. I think that's all it is. I, I want you to believe that I don't want you to think that I've done this all deliberately and thought what I'll do is I'll dazzle people with my Hollywood look.
0: It is a then, Hollywood uh, look. It
1: is a Hollywood it look. Is. Yeah. I
0: might get a nice big beard like Marco. I might just, oh, I might just yeah. do crazy shots of me Like I think I'll do that. That'd be cool. Anyway. Well, oh, that was an extraordinary, extraordinary chat. And I think lots for us to think about because moving out of lockdown, we are thinking, aren't we? What would hybrid youth ministry look like? Mm. Um, and people like me are thinking, nope, I'm not gonna do anything online, all in person please. So maybe I need to be thinking a bit more about what um, what a hybrid youth ministry will look like. I suppose this is a perfect time, isn't it? After a conversation about digital space and online to just say, thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, if you rate and review, more people can find out about this podcast yeah. and especially if you think oh i'll just chuck a couple of coins their way to encourage them and help them to keep this going then you could uh, support us on patreon and martin because i always forget martin is now going to accurately and succinctly tell you how you do that on patreon what is the yeah what is well you go to
1: patreon.com forward slash youthscape and then you can uh you can give us like i think we suggested like a a pound or a dollar a month a dollar a month Mm. which basically works out at about like 79p or something like that
0: yeah brilliant Um, which what can
1: you get for that really us Yes, yeah, you can. You can get us, us for that. That's how much and we cost. our
0: wonderful guests. That's what you can get for it. So that would be so wonderful. Friends, we love, I know it's been a, a little while before this second season sort of relaunched, but we're loving bringing to you guests who are kind of, they're not just sharing what it is they do, they're sharing with you like what is currently in their minds, what's in their hearts right now. And we're just loving this, this vibe for the latest season, aren't we, Martin? So we look forward to you tuning in again with us next week.
3: Renew Normal. Introducing our brand new online conference. 24th to 26th of March. We're all wondering when the in-person youth ministry might return, and how? It's a chance here to stop and think about what kind of normal you want to go back to. This is that moment. Take the time to listen and learn from some of the most respected speakers in youth ministry. Find fresh inspiration and encouragement. Learn about practical new ideas you can implement in your own context. Find the space to renew your own faith and explore a bigger vision for what God can do through you in a post-Covid world. Join us from Wednesday 24th to Friday 26th March 2021 for Renew Normal, a brand new online interactive event for youth leaders. Find out more and get tickets for you and your group on our website, newscapecouk forward slash renew